for some unexplained set of reasons, I happened to be selected to be God. Because what I am is principle. There is no sky god. I do not attain to be the creators of all your worlds, but I am the creator of this world. I want to say one thing. Thank God for Jim Jones. Thank God for Jim Jones. You will not come to him that you might have life. The scriptures are death, but the spirit of Christ, hey, it's alive. I just don't want to pain like this. But I saw Jim Jones. I mean, I saw him with these eyes. He just walked to the door. I am the only fully socialist. I am the only fully God. So I'm now on the scene. I'm going to project myself. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to declare myself. Actually, I'm quite a very humble essence of being. I, I don't like to discuss my own work, but I have to tell you that the universe would not run without me. Welcome to Worldview Clash Class. People's Temple, Episode 6, A Good Thing, A God Thing. Now, I'm so glad that I found Jim Jones in time. I'm so glad I found Jim Jones in time. I'm so glad that I found Jim Jones in time. Oh my God, oh my God, what shall I do? I'm so glad. The controversial former pastor of Mars Hill Church, Mark Driscoll, once said, quote, Idols tend to be good things, that you have turned into God things, which therefore become bad things, end quote. Jones turned a lot of good things into God things, and the result was a mishmash theology that only made sense as Jones explained it. Now, this does not mean that People's Temple members followed blindly. As we heard last time, he had a way of speaking just enough truth to be familiar with authority and his perspective to turn the tide as he wished. You remember the acronym we started with, SED? That comes back into play here as we discuss the theology of People's Temple. But first, listen to this faithful man prepping the people for Jones. Amen! Amen! Because of your prayers, your kind wishes and thoughts, my young son who had both legs broken is walking again. On April 12th, on April 12th, and this horrible thing happened, I was told, don't worry. Don't worry. And I know that I speak with great authority when I say that trouble won't last always. <clears throat> I think the last time I was here we were talking. 
about how this, as a result of federal action, we had been denied 4,000 jobs for the young people of this city. We made special appeals to businesses, to churches, to other organizations to at least come up with as much as they possibly could afford to provide job opportunities for young people who were willing to work who didn't want to face the hellishness of poverty another season. The very first establishment to come through with flying colors was the People's Temple led by my Jim Jones. wasn't long after that it wasn't long after that that we received the intelligence that the evilness in the heart of those administrators on a federal level had been softened and we got our 4,000 jobs a great many of those administered by our own brother John Brown <clears throat> okay. One of the great reasons, one of the many reasons that I enjoy the dynamic ministry of Pastor Jim Jones is because of the truth, because of the eloquence, because of the realist, realist approach to the things that we need. Listen to his faith in Jones and the response of the congregation. And people will choose tyranny over anarchy when they're afraid, if they don't know the difference. And I'm suggesting to you that you must let your light shine. You must continue to do the thing you're doing. You follow the brave and dignified leadership of a man like Jim Jones. And we can walk down life's path with the dignity of a first-class citizen where our character, not our color, is a criterion of respectability. And are you afraid of making a few enemies? Don't ever be afraid of making enemies. It's a matter of what's right, not who's right. People talk about freedom. The greatest pleasure is not in some kind of crazy freedom. The greatest pleasure is in obedience. You've got to have something you respect. You've got to have something that you love. You've got to have leadership that you can follow. We're going to look at a particular sermon today which is very consistent with Jones' preaching and is therefore a great representation of People's Temple theology. Let's look at a few different aspects of People's Temple theology. First, their view of God. When my friend Jim Jones' hair has been dusted with streaks of gray as a result of many years of great service in the betterment of mankind, he shall be able to say to my young brothers and sisters and everyone around him you shall know my sons you shall know why i 
the song unsung, the book unread, the work undone, the rest beneath the sod. Weep no more. Why lies and smears were framed, the tears I shed and the hurt I bore, to all the world shall be proclaimed, and the earth shall smile. And green above my resting place, and all the killing end, the world rejoice in brotherhood and peace. Work and build, my sons, a monument to peace and love and joy, and that faith that I keep for you, my sons, for you. Play softly, dear. An old man traveled a lonely highway. He came at evening cold and gray to a chasm vast, deep, and wide that he had to cross to the other side. That old man crossed in the twilight dim for the sullen stream held no fears for Jim. But he turned as he crossed to the other side and began to build a bridge to span the tide. A pilgrim who was standing near said, Old man, you're wasting your time building here. Your journey will end at the close of this day and you never again will come this way. You've crossed the chasm vast, deep and wide. Why build a bridge at evening tide? But Jim Jones lifted his proud, proud head. Good friend, the path that I've come, he said, there followeth me a youth someday whose feet must also pass this way, this stream that has meant nothing to me, to my young friend a pitfall might be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friends, I'm building the bridge for him. Amen! Amen. <laughs> 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 I recognized it. Our Los Angeles temple, you know, is very large. And it's filled on Thursday nights with our miracle service, and it was the 212th time that such an unfoldment has taken place there. Not one, not one since we have exercised, not theorized, but exercised and manifested the Godship degree, not one person has ever died that has not been resurrected in my presence. Peace. That isn't a matter for you to theorize about because hypothetically that's difficult to embrace. I can realize the significance of how difficult that would be to embrace. But we have doctors who are members of our church. Just a wonderful letter written by Dr. Massey. Well, he said, I have examined and seen these expectorated growths. And he said, I know that in spite of my own thoughts, this man is able to bring out cancers out of bodies and make them ever with whole. The same was said of Dr. Perkins, the head of the hospital. He said, beyond all shadow of a doubt, this man is able to perform cures that are believed by science to be impossible. Because he said, I have seen the lame walk. Because the day he was there, the last time that he wrote the letter, a man left a wheelchair that had been paralyzed. We do these things not only because we are desirous to heal sick bodies, and indeed we are. But we do these things as signs that follow the believers in democratic socialism. Yeah. 
in black liberation. We do these as attention means to bring people to the wholeness of mind, to the healing of mind that we have that will not only change bodies, but will change a nation. For many years I looked out on this wide extended plain and I viewed the dilemmas of humanity and all of their incongruous religions. One Baptist church sitting on one corner and another Baptist on the other, each saying that the other was going to hell. That kind of division even amongst the Baptist churches. And I heard all these voices of religion and I wondered why is it that they can hold the people in their stance that they can. An impossible immobilization that falls in the minds of people when they take religion that has to do with the future world. They're incapacitated. They're immobilized. They will do nothing about the circumstances of the here and now. If you did not wish to believe me for my work's sake, and we brought seven people out of wheelchairs in the last few days, and we brought one lady back from the dead last night that was bleeding in her 80s, and she came back, could not move, her eyes set against the ceiling, her tongue hanging out. I mean, she had every loss of vital sign. I wouldn't believe it myself if I hadn't seen it demonstrated over and over again. I would say it's impossible. And as I looked out over the array of religious systems and saw what people achieve with nothing, they achieved all this by promising them furniture in heaven or pie in the sky in a sweet by and by. And I looked around and all these churches had empty vessels. Their wells were like empty cisterns, as the old proverb said, the proverbs of Allah and the proverbs of Jehovah Jireh. They were empty cisterns. They couldn't do a thing. All the preachers could do was drive around the Cadillac. So I said at that moment, if there's any God in the universe, let it be deposited in me. If there's any energy in the universe, let it be combusted in me. And that moment, it happened. And ever since that moment, Since that moment, I have seen myself as God. We have not had one person suffer a stroke in all these years since I came on the scene. The one that did have it, Sister Moore, she's dancing around these days healed because I touched her. She was paralyzed on her side and Sister Shelton was paralyzed on her side. But not one since I have said there's no God in these empty churches. So I will get on with the business of being what they say they're looking for. Why you say you say some kind of blasphemy. No, I say the science of Christianity, the science of Mohammedism, the science of Buddhism, the science of Judaism. It says, as a man thinketh in his mind, so is he. In my mind, I know I'm God. To these people, Jones did what only God could do. Therefore, it wasn't really a question as to whether or not he was God. His works gave testimony to that fact. Now, as it turns out, his works were a sham. Well, not all of them. Let's just look at the healings. They were fake. It was just folks that joined in pulling the wool over the eyes of the sheep for the good of the sheep. As far as his words, Jones made himself the ultimate authority. Now you people come with a little black book that doesn't know which way heaven is. It can't even tell you how Jesus was born. It is so confused, that black book you've got called the King James Bible. 
It's so confused, and I'm talking about the books of Muhammad and every one of the rest of them, all the books of Abraham, they're so confused that if you read them, you'll find that Abraham gets younger as his children get older. Or if you read about Jesus, you will find Jesus has one set of grandparents in Luke, and he's got another set of grandparents in Matthew, and, but he's got 15 more grandparents as you trace him back to Abraham in Luke 3 as he does in Matthew 1. It doesn't know whether Jesus, when he was born, went to Egypt to flee from King Herod or whether he stayed and kept the feast of the Passover every year in Jerusalem with his parents. Because one chapter in the Bible said he stayed every year and kept the feast of the Passover. The other chapter says he went over to Egypt. One chapter says he died amongst three, amongst three thieves and all three thieves railed upon him. Another chapter says only one refused to. The one rebuked the others and Jesus said to that thief, This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Your Bible, your King James Bible, written by the racist king of England who brought the first ship, Jesus, to bring back our people in chains and slavery. He said so many things in so many different places. He was like the town gossip. You don't know what was true or what wasn't true. He said Jesus would be three days in the belly of the earth. He would be dead for three days. This temple will lay three days and it will rise. Yet you have a good Friday service at high noon and you celebrate his rising on Sunday morning. And the Bible said that he died on Friday and he rose on Sunday. That, my child, only means about a day and a half. If you can stretch Friday evening or Friday at 3 or noon, if you can stretch that from Sunday morning at 6, if you can stretch that into three days, then you're a bigger liar than King James. So you see, what you need to get today is something that works. He trash-talked the Bible. There was nothing you could turn to to question what he said or did because he made himself the ultimate authority. Jones' view on humanity was that it was broken and only apostolic socialism could fix it. we could use that more acceptably for land and I understand that many of their leaders or many of their workers have that kind of feeling that the leaders should have this I don't think we need leaders in Rolls Royces I think we need leaders down on the level with their people if you will sacrifice your own selfishness and lay down your own will then you can have this abstract principle as an incarnate reality in your body oh it doesn't come easily don't think it will it comes through much self-denial in practice it comes through much struggle and suffering. It comes through the giving of yourself entirely to principle, to justice, to goodness. God, they say, is love. Then you must give yourself wholeheartedly to that principle. It is incarnatable if you will practice it. But you have to practice to be the virtuoso of Godship degree. You can get a 60% level. The scripture speaks of it 60-fold, 30-fold. But there's a hundredfold. A place where you're 100% in the mind and the mind is in you. And the energy of God becomes identical with your nature and your will becomes identical with the will of the sumum bonum of the highest order of existence. The will of truth, the will of justice, the will of socialism. Heaven to Jones was what could be accomplished only through socialism. Helping people is a good thing. Making it an ideal to be worshipped, that's idolatry. Jones was an idol. He was a replacement for the one true God. Socialism was a replacement for the gospel. 
that my voice and my ideas and my justice sense and my emancipation courage will always be sitting here. I've said that. So if this body happens to be utilized just a bit too much by all the energy I put out, I'm going to have somebody else to sit here and be able to know the thoughts like I have, be able to discern the intents of the hearts like I have, and be able to cause the cripples to get up out of the wheelchairs like I did just this yesterday in the service rather Sunday. I'll have somebody to do it because I made you a promise and I prophesy according to my measure of faith to find that which works and to hold on to it. If you can find any leader better than I, you let me go to him. I'll teach him some of the things that I only can do in the world today through this great spirit, this great spirit of socialism. That's what the great Indian spirit was. They put the tribes, the collective above the individual competition. They didn't believe that individuals should cutthroat each other to try to get ahead. They believed in cooperation. And a bunch of honkies came over here and destroyed a great utopian dream. Well, I'm reviving it. My Indian spirit has certain acumen that you, you won't be able to find anywhere. Far from being a sinless savior, Jim Jones was an antichrist. He denied Christ. 1 John 2, 22-23 says, Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. Even Jesus said, Whosoever loveth is born of God. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, because you have love. Jesus denied the Bible. Jesus throwed a ringer around that Bible and said, Get rid of it. Yes, he did. Nehemiah numbers said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Jesus come along and he said, no longer so. Said we're going to have to reason together. You've got to love your enemies and do good to those that despitefully use you. Now you may not like his teaching, but it's contrary to the old Bible. The old Bible said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. A hanging for a hanging. Murder for murder. Jesus said, no, resist not evil. He said, it's been said of old times. You remember what he said? It's been said of old times. That meant it was said in the Bible. It's been said in the old Bible of old times that you do this. But he said, I say it's no longer so. So Jesus threw out Bibles that didn't work for him. And I'm throwing out some Bibles that don't work for me. Jesus did not choose to live by an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth doctrine. And I was living very conscientiously by that Bible that you were saying is so important. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I said, that's the Old Testament. We can't live that way. We're going to try to live by love. And we're going to love and we're going to overcome evil with good. And if the people slap us on the one cheek, we're going to turn the other. Well, I turned this cheek. I turned that cheek. And I've got a Buddhist sister here who was once in a wheelchair. She sees me as Buddha. She couldn't, she couldn't get anything work for her. She saw me as Jesus. Said it didn't work till she saw me as Buddha. And the brother down there that got healed of a cancer who was a Muslim and he'd gone to his mosque faithfully. He was dying of cancer. He had three operations. Last night he was given another revelation. Called up, you know, at the end of the, hour, the meeting. That man said, I could have never got anything from you seeing you as Jesus because he said I'd seen a white Jesus shoved down my throat too long. But he said, one day, you said, I've come in the spirit of Allah, Jehovah, and every other good thing. He said, that was it. And I got healed when I saw you as Allah. 
care what you see me as. You can see me as a pussycat. If pussycats work for you, child, then you see me as a pussycat. And I'll just meow till I get you free. I won't be particular what you call me as long as it works good for you. I won't care what you say to me as long as it makes you a better person. But Jesus' teachings don't work today in America. Peace. They don't work today in America. So what do we take away from all this? What do we do with the knowledge of Jim Jones and People's Temple? Well, there are at least three things. First, these people were normal, everyday folks like you and I, working to feed their families and doing what they could to get by. And People's Temple offered hope and restoration. It offered an opportunity not only to find help, but to help others in return. Two, these people were going to a church, just like many do on Sundays. The difference was this movement reached out beyond the Sunday hours and sought to change lives, at least in the beginning. At this point, you may be saying, wow, you make people's temples sound nowhere near as bad as it actually was. Well, point number three, you and I are no better off if we will not learn from people's temple. We must ground ourselves in the objective truth of God's word. We must know how to apply this word to our lives and not be fearful to speak up when things in our church seem to be going in a strange direction. The battle is real. There is a real devil, and he is at work in the world today. And he uses people like Jones to accomplish his work. It always looks good. Just a piece of fruit on the tree. What's the big deal? Is that really what God said? What's the big deal? And before you know it, you have seemingly crossed the point of no return. The people's temple trapped the people. It offered freedom and provided slavery. It offered salvation and provided only damnation. The only freedom, the only true freedom, is in Christ. And any offer outside of that or in addition to that is poison in the Kool-Aid. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. None of us are immune to deception, which is exactly why we need to be building on a strong foundation that can weather the storms. Perhaps the best closing to this series is not a statement, but a question. What will you do with this so that you will remember and not be doomed to repeat it?
A special thanks to Fielding McGee and the Jonestown Institute. Thank you to Pastor Hugh Fortson and David Parker Wise for your insight and for sharing your stories. And a special thanks to Storyblocks for bumps and tracks. For more content like this, visit us on the web at clcwaverly.com. That's C-L-C-W-A-V-E-R-L-Y.com. Welcome to Worldview Clash Class. The eye hath seen, their ear hath heard, their heart has been stirred. They have seen the emanation of the hundredfold God manifesting through this temple. And it triggers a faith in them, and it quickens their spirit, and it causes their mortal bodies to put on immortality.